0: Nobody ever teaches you this. Nobody has ever prepared us for something like this. Uh, I can tell you this, uh, over the last several weeks, one thing I have learned is I am not a TV evangelist. Uh, that is not what God made me for, I can promise you, preaching into this camera, which is having issues this morning, and it is not it is not here, but, but preaching into a camera after about ten weeks, it starts to get a little bit different because you know, you can't see people's expressions. And the same really can be said this morning. Hmm. I can see you though, Miss Ann. Amen. And so I know we are doing our best to make sure that we stay safe. I know we are doing our absolute best to keep this place uh as clean for you all and for all of us as we come in. You know, you've seen the 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 steps that we have taken and everything to try to be as clean as possible for us. And listen, church, God is moving. God is working. And even as we have been shut down for the last 10 weeks, we have continued to minister. We have continued to do outreach. We have continued to make plans for when things start to subside. And June 15th, we're going to hopefully have some more updates for you all as the governor continues to pass down these guidelines talking about children's ministry, youth ministry, Sunday school. I, I know our church is huge with Sunday school. Our church is huge with our Wednesday night services and our meals. I miss that. Amen. And for some odd reason, I just got a whole lot louder. Austin or Neil, is this, are y'all pranking me? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but, but I miss those. My, my children have missed those. You know, Barna Group came out with a survey this week that said over the last 10 weeks, about 50% of all people in the church have not been connected that people have not been watching on TV, people have not been turning into Wednesday night devotionals. I hope you guys have enjoyed those. But I will tell you this, this is why we need, this is why we have to get back into church. Our children need it, our youth need it, and we need it. And we are going to do the best that we can do by keeping you safe. We're going to do the best that we can do by, by hopefully starting to do some more stuff as the weeks go by. Pete, please be in prayer. Be in prayer for this leadership group. Uh, Jake and Allie, you all did a great job this morning, by the way. Amen. Uh, I've missed that as well. Um, can't thank you guys enough for, for what you're doing. Um, uh, I'm, I'm excited. I kind of feel like a caged rabbit almost. Um, you know, there's so many things that, that, that's kind of weighing on uh, my heart and, and, and my mind. Um, and, and I have to be respectful for everyone's wishes of whether they wanted to be here, uh, whether they wanted to continue to watch at home and to stay engaged. And, and let me just tell you all, we love you no matter what you choose, um, whether if you're here Or whether if you want to stay at home and that makes you feel more comfortable and more safe. But uh, as the days go, we're going to get back to church. We're, We're going to hopefully walk neighborhoods this fall. And I know people like, oh, Brother Donnie, Brother Donnie, don't tell me that. Listen, we've got to spread the gospel. People have got to come to know Jesus. And I don't want to risk anyone's life, but boy, there's a lot of lives right now at risk. People that are dying every day without Christ, people that don't know him, people that never experienced him, and they're looking to us to help show that to them. And so I pray that that's what we will continue to do is lift Christ up by telling him to others. Pray that you have your Bible with you this morning, going to be in the book of Acts chapter 2, verses 36 through 41. We're going to talk about some new beginnings this morning, amen? I mean, this is what a new beginning looks like in COVID-19. It's not going to last. Everybody keeps saying, oh, Brother Donnie, this is going to be the new normal. No, it's not. No, it's not, because with God, all things are possible. I promise you, this is not going to be a continuance of what is to come. Things are going to get back to a normal. We're going to come back to church. We're going to be able to shake hands. We're going to be able to have Sunday school. We're going to be able to have youth, and we're going to be able to have children. It's going to happen because our God is much bigger than a virus. Amen? It's going to happen. But Acts chapter 2. 36 through 41 going to talk about new beginnings. So I pray you have your sermon outline there with you Hopefully you have your Bible or there's one in the pew there in front of you and a pen or a pencil as we work through God's Word and God's sermon uh, This morning, you know oftentimes when we think about new beginnings There's some things that, that pop in our head. Maybe we're thinking about hey, you just graduated high school We've got a couple of those here, right at least one or two people just graduated high school new beginnings are coming your way. Thinking about maybe uh, new job opportunities. Maybe we're thinking about the first day or the last day of school. Maybe you're thinking about new relationships. Man, there's even new lighting that just came on. Oh, you know, I don't know. Y'all are killing me back there, but hey thank God for you. Amen. Uh, may, maybe you're thinking about a new home. You know, Talena and I are going through that process of looking and finding some land and trying to prep and do some of those things. Be praying for our marriage. Amen. Uh, th- that we get through that. And, uh, and maybe some of you all are thinking about a, a wedding. Uh, you know, I know Austin and, and Brooklyn, you know, how long has it been now? Two months? Three? Y'all have survived for three months. Amen. You know, maybe some of you guys are getting ready to get your driver's license. I've got one of those. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to make it. He already had a wreck, and he he doesn't even drove very far. Um, uh, Maybe it's a first child. And and again, these are all new beginnings, and so there's anxiety, and there is nervousness. Uh, There's expectation. There's anticipation, and there's lots and lots and lots of excitement. You know, when I stood in the pulpit for the first time as a pastor, back on June 1st of 2008, man, I was filled with all of the above. Uh, kind of like I feel right now, to be honest with you. I, I remember how nervous I was and how, how I had rehearsed this, this great opening and exactly everything that I wanted to go through the sermon because I wanted to do the, ve- the very best that I could possibly, possibly do. And Sunday, June 1st, 2008, it was a new beginning in my life, not because I deserved it. I didn't deserve it. Not because, because I was without any flaws, but it was a new beginning for me because of what Jesus was doing in me. And that's who it's all about. You know, when I think about second chances, there's, there's a disciple that comes to my mind. And he fits this mold perfectly. And his name was the Apostle Peter. Peter had been so full of himself before the death of Jesus. We know the story of how he said he would die for Jesus. And then we know the story, though, of how he denied Jesus three times before men. And even after Jesus had risen, Peter was still going through the growth of fully understanding who Jesus was and the mission that Jesus had given them to go and make disciples unto all nations. But when the Holy Spirit came on that first Pentecost, after Jesus had died, risen, and ascended, something happened to Peter. Back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus had told them, but you'll receive the power of the Holy Spirit. It comes on you. and You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, Peter stood up and he gave his first sermon. In front of more than 3,000 people that day. I can't imagine the nerves that he had. And this sermon, it wasn't rehearsed. The sermon didn't include some grand introduction or some type of funny punchlines. The sermon didn't have worship music to warm the hearts of, of the listeners. There wasn't a bulletin or a sermon outline. For the folks to follow along with or to fill the blanks in. But something was different about Peter and his message. Because this message, it wasn't powered by the old Peter. That used to speak before he thought. No, no, no. This message was empowered by the Peter who had now been filled with the Holy what? With the Holy Spirit. I know we, Southern Baptist Church, we don't like to talk a lot, a whole, whole lot about the Holy Spirit. We don't like to get too charismatic. We don't like to get too carried away. But man, there's something about the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's something about the strength of the Holy Spirit. There's something about the Holy Spirit filling those who are called, the Holy Spirit, those that are Christians, filling us with the ability and the anticipation and the willingness to go out and to teach and to preach and to tell others about Jesus. But this new day wasn't just going to be about something new for Peter. No, 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 no. This new day was going to be about someone new. thousands let's read acts chapter 2 verses 36 through 41 listen to what the word of god says therefore let all of israel be assured of this god has made this jesus whom you crucified both lord and christ and when the people heard this they were cut to the heart and said to peter and all the other apostles brothers what shall we do and Peter replied, he said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you and for your children and all those who are far off, for all whom our Lord, our God, will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourself from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day that you've made. Thank you for uh, the sunshine. Thank you for the beautiful day that you created. And God, as we've had the opportunity this morning to sing of your praises, Lord, thank you for letting us do that. Father, we've had the opportunity this morning to give of our gifts, our tithes, our offerings. Dear God, thank you for letting us get to do that. And God, now as we have come back together, as we have reassembled, as we have regathered, Lord, we, once again, we tell you thank you for letting us be here, God. Lord, this is essential. This is essential for growth. This is essential for discipleship. Father, this is essential, God, as we continue to grow in our daily walk with you and for people that don't know who Jesus is. God, this is so essential, dear Lord. And so, Father, as we, as we talk about new beginnings this morning, Lord, maybe there's someone here right now that needs a new beginning. Lord, maybe there's someone here right now, their walk with you is it's a crawl. They need a new beginning. Father, maybe there's someone here this morning that doesn't know Jesus as their Lord. Father, this can be a new beginning. And so, Father, I pray right now you're already opening up hearts, God. The Holy Spirit is already opening moving and so lord let this be a a new day a new beginning for all of us for it's in the name of jesus we pray and all of god's people said amen now for those here this morning that profess to be a christian i want to ask you a quick question Can you imagine if you had been one of the people in the crowd on the day of Jesus' crucifixion that screamed out those three words, Take Him away. Take Him away. And then finally, crucify Him. Here in verse 36, Peter stands before thousands of the same people that had denied Jesus as the Son of God, the same ones who maybe had spit on His face, the same ones who found Him to be worse than a criminal, the same ones who may have yelled, crucify Him, the same ones who watched Him carry His cross after He was beaten nearly to death, And, and the same ones who more than likely stared in His face knowing they had sentenced Him to death to be nailed upon a cross. Now, think about this. Why in the world would Peter waste his time? Why in the world would Peter waste his breath preaching to these same people, the ones that had put his Lord and his Savior to death? Why would he waste his time? These are the same ones more than likely that wanted to see him die. They wanted to get rid of him. They wanted him to be out of their presence. The ones that didn't believe, crucify him, crucify him, take him away. Why in the world would Peter waste his time? Why would he waste his energy? Why would he waste his breath and all that was in him for these people? Well, this is where your sermon outline begins. Are you ready? Number one, new beginnings start with a new understanding of who Jesus really was. Who Jesus really is. This is what it was all about that day. There was a new start. And it had to begin with a new understanding of who Jesus really is. Peter says, God has made this Jesus. Now notice what he says here. He gets very personal. Whom you. You catch that? He didn't say your brother, your sister, your neighbor, your aunt, your uncle, your cousin. He said You crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now remember, Peter had already reminded them of the prophecy of Joel. He'd already reminded them of the words of King David as he spoke of the resurrection of Christ and how the disciples had all been witnesses that Jesus had indeed risen from the what? From the dead. See, Peter knew all of his words would be mere babbling if the blinders could not be removed And the crowd already thought they were drunk because some of the disciples that Jesus had given them the ability to speak in the tongue of every single individual in the crowd, no matter if they were Jews or if they had been converts to Judaism. And at first Jesus had been nothing more than a Jew from Nazareth whose father was nothing more than a carpenter. Jesus was some type of insane individual that had been given some type of power, but there was no way that He was the Son of God. There was no way that He was the anticipated Messiah. But all of a sudden, the promised Holy Spirit shows up. It fills the lives of the believers, and something happened to that crowd, and they couldn't explain what they saw and witnessed So their minds start turning, the clock starts turning, the wheels start turning, thoughts start wondering, and they look at each other and they said, What does this mean? You know, the same issue is still alive and well today because many are still asking the question Well, who is this Jesus? And what does this mean? Well, let me say this, when miracles can't be explained, when the instances of the can't be explained start becoming more than just mere instances, people want to know what does this mean. Well, I've witnessed that, amen. I've seen the miracles of Jesus. I've seen Jesus break the hearts of the most hardened I've seen new lives come to new birth. I've seen hope for the hopeless. I've seen love for those that were unloving and willing to love people. I've seen Jesus knock down barriers that people thought could never be knocked down. I've seen Jesus do things and people said, I can't understand it. I don't know what's going on. How is this even possible? Well, you want a new beginning? Then understand this first. With Jesus, all things are what? Possible. It's possible. But understanding who Jesus is is just the beginning. So we also need to understand number two. Are you ready? New beginnings also start with a clear understanding Of who we what? Of who we are. In verse 37, Peter finally gets their attention. The Bible says these people, after hearing Peter's message, the Bible says they were cut to the what? I love seeing people get cut to the heart. Amen. On Sundays, I love it because they can't control it. I love seeing people when the Holy Spirit is, is moving and, and they start putting their, their fist and their fingerprints into the pews. They know something's going on in their heart. They know something is going on in their head and they, they feel something. And it starts to get a little bit out of control. And so what happens? They get cut to the what? They get cut to the heart. Now, being cut to the heart, it basically means two things. Number one, they were regretful and remorseful over their former decisions to deny Jesus. I think if we're honest, we've all been there. Amen? We've all been there. There was a time where we denied Jesus. There was a time we didn't put our trust in Jesus. There was a time we didn't sing victory in Jesus. Amen. And so we denied who Jesus was. And so that's called your personal what? Your personal testimony of being able to tell others, yes, I was lost, but now I'm what? But now I am found. And then number two, being cut to the heart means this. They finally believed. They finally believed that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the anticipated Messiah, that he was the King of Peace. They finally believed that he was the Lamb of God that came to take away the sins of the world and to give hope and to give peace and to give joy and to give love. They finally put their faith in who Jesus really, really, really is. So they look at Peter and the other apostles, and they say, Brothers, what shall we do? This seems like a very serious conversation, doesn't it? Don't you love that? I mean, that's what the leadership of our church has been doing over the last several weeks. Amen. The deacon body they know, Kathy knows, Austin knows. We've been looking at each other, praying and asking, what in the world are are we going to do? And so I love this part because preacher Peter, he's now filled with the Holy Spirit and he gives them a holy prescription to change their lives for eternity. And it all started with a new understanding of Jesus and now a new understanding of themselves. And then Peter tells them two things. One, Peter tells them, you need to what? Repent. Brothers, sisters, we need to repent. Now this refers to a change of mind and purpose that turns an individual away from embracing sin to embracing who? To embracing God. Romans 3.23, it tells us, we've all sinned and all fell short of the glory of who? Who? Of the glory of God. If they didn't repent, they wouldn't experience true conversion. And neither do, do we. You know, when I talk to people about salvation, people have to understand who Jesus is. We, we know this. But we also have to understand who, who we are. The Apostle Paul reminds us in Ephesians 2.8 as well that we are sinners saved by grace through Faith. No one likes to be called a sinner because truthfully many people today believe they can create their own what? Their own forgiveness. Really? Because most people have a very difficult time of forgiving themselves. Many people today will I'll just create my own joy, I'll create my own happiness, I'll create my own afterlife. But the Bible tells us Christ is the forgiver of sin and that the only way to have a joyful eternity is through whom? Is through Jesus. And then number two, Peter tells them, okay, you you repented, but now you also need to be what? You need to be dumped. You need to be baptized. That word in the Greek, baptismal, means to be immersed. It means we need to baptize you now that you have confessed Jesus as your Lord and your what? And your Savior. So the next step is we're going to put you in the baptistry. And we're going to immerse you. In Matthew twenty eight, Jesus gave the disciples the great commission and he told them what? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Baptism, church, hear me, baptism has never saved anyone. It's never saved anyone, but through the waters of baptism we identify with Christ what? His death, his burial, and his resurrection. Baptism, it's what? It's an act of obedience that precedes faith in Jesus that reveals that we have been forgiven, that we have been given a new life and it tells people that I'm willing to quit following self and I'm going to start following whom? Jesus. And if they truly believed in Christ and repented of their sins, Peter told them they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. In Ephesians 1.13, Paul reminds us of this. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Did you know that? If you are a believer in Jesus, you have a seal within you that can never be shattered. Amen? You have a seal within you that can never be stolen. Amen? You have a seal within you that is good until all of eternity. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. If I go, the Holy Spirit will what? He comes. And through Him you shall be marked and you shall be sealed what a great blessing that jesus has given us you want a new beginning who are you do you have new faith do you have new life a new seal and here's the great news number three new beginnings in christ are for who they're for everyone amen new beginnings in christ are for who They're for everyone. Peter, empowered by the Holy Spirit of God, had just led these same men who rejected Jesus to Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Acts 2.21 reminds us, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Shall be saved. So who can be saved? Anyone can be what? Can be saved. It doesn't matter your nationality. It doesn't matter your background, your so called social class, who you are, who you think you are, who you've been, who you want to be, because Jesus says, I can make all things new. For who? For you. These men that Peter had been preaching to were guilty of having put Jesus to death, the Son of God, the Messiah. Yet they found salvation in Christ because they finally put their faith in whom? In Jesus. They asked for forgiveness. The Bible says that they were baptized. And the Bible says they received the gift of the Holy what? Of the Holy Spirit. The worst of the world saved by the creator of the world because God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son so the whole world could have a new beginning. Think about that. That's powerful, amen? See, we've done forgot. amens. Got to give them time, brothers. We got to give them time. It's good to be back in God's house, amen? He didn't give us the spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of strength. It's time to celebrate that we get to come back. And not only does Jesus offer us a new beginning through him, but then very the last one this morning. New beginnings in Christ also means we have a new what? A new family in God. You have a new family in God. Those who accepted the message, they were baptized. About 3,000 were added to that number that day. Think about this. A little group of 120 added over 3,000 new members to the church of Christ in one day. In one day. And Paul told the Christians at Corinth, he says, Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. We're all in this to what? To We're all in this together, and that's all I've heard over the last 10 weeks. Is that we were all in this together? Well, you know what? That's one thing I know I agree with. He's right. We are all in this together. The Christian family, it's not perfect. There's going to be times of disagreements, there's going to be times of failures, there's going to be times of disappointments and letdowns, but we are to encourage one another. The Bible says that we are to love one another, and we are to build up one another in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you a question. Are you ready? Are you looking for a new beginning today? You know, some people, they just wanted to come back to church today, amen? But getting the toes stepped on is a little bit different process. Feeling the Holy Spirit move, feeling something tugging at your heart, feeling something that you can't control. These are things that we're always not real, real comfortable with. Do you know who Christ is? Do you know who you are? When's the last time you looked in the mirror and you really thought to yourself, you know, father, you and I are in a good place. When's the last time that you could say that? God, you you and I right now we're, we're good, Lord. I'm reading my bible, I'm praying for people, I'm I'm attending church, I'm I'm giving the way that I should be giving, I'm loving the way that I should be loving, I, I'm, I'm walking the way that I should be walking, I'm doing the things that I should be doing. When's the last time, now come on now, when's the last time that you looked in the mirror, not your daily grind, not your daily what you're used to, but when's the last time that you got up and you looked in the mirror and you said, God, I know you and I are good. This day they weren't good, but they got good. Amen? They got real good. Maybe you're already a Christian, but your life needs to be recentered on Jesus. Think about this, and we're almost ready to close. An unbelieving audience turned to a believing audience that day because they asked, What shall we do? What shall we do? And they responded in a new way. And they were given a new life. Amen. And so this morning, Jake and Allie, you guys are going to come. And we're, you know, somebody asked me, they said, are we we really going to do an invitation? Well, here's what we're going to do. You ready? We're going to have a time of invitation. This offering is for you. Or offering this, this invitation is for you. You want to come. You want to pray. You want to bring your family up here and you want to pray. This is your, this, this is your altar. This is your opportunity. If there's something going on in your mind and your heart and you want to pray about that, you want to talk to me about that, then see me after church and we're going to go and we're going to talk to see what God's put on your heart, whatever God has put on your mind. But church is not church if we can't have an invitation. I know we're scared. I know we're fearful. I know we're filled with so much anxiety because our media has caused much of this. And so people are living in pandemonium. It's good to have a respectful fear of things, amen? But at the same time, God is still God. And God is still reverent. And God should be getting our worship and our praise. And so we're going to give you this opportunity to come and to pray, your family, whoever it is. And then we'll close in prayer.